0: Welcome to the Weekly Insight Podcast, where we break down the noise of the week and help you understand the psychology of the markets with your host, Andrew Doerr at Insight Wealth Group. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the latest edition of the Weekly Insight Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Doerr. I want to thank you for being here today, I really appreciate you taking a few minutes to get updated on what went on in the market last week and what we're focused on going forward. I will take a brief moment prior to starting here to do what we do every week. A little shout out to our compliance department, but a very important one to remind everyone that what we're talking about today should not be construed as individual investment advice. This is a much broader discussion about the stock market and about the economy. If you would like to have a discussion about how these things might impact your portfolio or what actions you should be taking with this information, I would highly recommend you talk to your personal financial advisor or certainly one of us here at Insight Wealth Group. We'd love to chat. So with that, let's move on to the week. Last week was a week that we have been waiting for for a very long time. As a matter of fact, one month ago today, we did a podcast entitled Mark Your Calendars. And a lot happens in a month. A month ago today, Russia had not yet invaded Ukraine, although it was a big topic. But the big driver, in our opinion back then, was what was going to happen at the March 16th Federal Reserve meeting. Now we know. We have the information, and we know how the market has reacted to it so far. It's actually a surprisingly positive interaction, but we're going to dive into that and understand exactly what happened. Well, let's start with what, what came out on Wednesday. We've talked before on this podcast about the dreaded dot plot. The dot plot is the kind of indication of where each member... Of the Federal Open Market Committee sits with regards to their expectations of where interest rates will be one by the end of the year, the end of next year, et cetera, et cetera. It is an anonymous source right? They're not actually tying it back to the individual members or governors. But it is showing us kind of where sentiment is. And so we we had a pretty fair expectation this week. We knew what was going to happen. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. Powell went in front of both the Senate and the House Finance Committees, and he was very clear. He said they anticipated raising rates by 25 basis points last week. That's what they did. It was not a surprise. The big question was not what was going to happen on March 16th. The big question was, What was the dot plot going to say for the rest of the year? And I think I might have mentioned this last week, a conversation about, you know, listen, if it's six or seven rate increases, that might scare the market. If it's less than that, it might be very positive for the market. But before we get into what they said, I think we need to talk about the dot plot. Because Chairman Powell actually talked about this, I want to say like a year ago, And he said, listen, the dot plot should not be seen as a forecasting tool. Why? Because people's opinions change. This is an anonymous poll of the opinion of the governors of what is going to happen with interest rates. It is not a solid forecasting tool. Let's give you an example of that. Last September, six months ago, the anticipation for the rest of 2021, the dot plot had all members of the FOMC on board with zero rate increases for the rest of 2021. That was accurate. But for 2022, out of 18 members of the committee polled, three expected to have two rate increases this year, six expected to have one interest rate increase this year, and nine anticipated zero interest rate increases in 2022. My, how times have changed. Fully 50% were expecting zero rate hikes in 2022. The median expectation was for one. And here we are today- We've already had one. That happened on Wednesday. But let's talk about what the new dot plot shows. Cause the new dot plot is all over the board. We have one member who thinks rates will end the year between three and three and a quarter percent. Up from a quarter percent today. That's a big number. Now We don't know this for sure, but one member of the committee wanted to increase rates by 50 basis points on Wednesday. I would anticipate that's the same gentleman, Bullard from St. Louis, who is anticipating such a high rate hike increase throughout the rest of this year. But from there it really is pretty spread out. You have some members who are anticipating, or one member anticipating between one and a quarter and one and a half. You have three members between one and a half and one seven five. You have five members between one seven five and 2. You kind of get the drift. It's, it's, it's a very scattered mess. The median really comes in right at 1.75% to 2% by the end of this year. What does that mean? That means that the Fed has six meetings throughout the rest of this year, they would need to raise rates by a quarter basis point every meeting between now and the end of the year for a total of seven interest rate hikes. So when we talked last week, we talked about the fact that there was only about 33% chance, according to the market's opinion, of, what was of, of seven rate hikes this year. Now the Fed has come out and said it's probably going to be seven rate hikes this year. If you held our feet to the fire last week and you said, Andrew, how is the market going to react if the Fed announces they're going to raise rates 7 times this year? I would have been wrong. i will be very clear. I would have I would have missed it. I would have told you that the market would react negatively to that information. We noted, though, in our memo last week, that the sentiment was starting to shift on the expectation of kind of six or seven rate hikes. So while it was only 33% a week ago that anticipated seven rate hikes, it was like 50% that were at six. And that 33% number was up from, I think, 20% the previous week. So the market sentiment had clearly started to shift, and part of that was due to Powell's messaging in front of the the House and the Senate. Part of it was due to members like Bullard who were out there talking about being more aggressive. But what I found to be really interesting is how aggressively the market moved to the positive after those remarks. And so we actually included a chart in this week's weekly insight memo you can see on our website that shows kind of the point of the Federal Open Market Committee's release and what happened over the next two and a half days. And it's pretty shocking. The market actually ended the week up, depending on what you're looking at. The S&P was up 6.1. The Dow was up five and a half. The NASDAQ was up over eight last week. So the market, frankly, responded quite well. Probably even more importantly, we saw the VIX. Now, I don't think we've talked about the VIX in this podcast before, but the VIX is a measure of volatility in the market. So, the higher the VIX, the more uncertainty and fear there is in the market. The lower the VIX, the less uncertainty and fear there is in the market. So, if you're looking for kind of long term positive trends, you would like to see the VIX to be lower. Well, that volatility measure has spiked quite a bit this year, and it really started to spike back in January when we started seeing the inflation numbers and then add on to that what we saw with, with Putin and Ukraine. And that number rose substantively. It doubled from the beginning of this year until about two weeks ago. And then it started falling, and it especially started falling after the Fed's meeting last week. So it went from 18 to over 36 about a week and a half ago. It ended this last week at 24 so that is a, you know, call it a, a 33% drop in the VIX. That is the market saying we're less scared today than we were before Powell spoke. And I think that's very interesting. To me, I compare it to medical issues. So every one of us has either dealt with a serious medical issue ourselves or dealt with a family member or a close friend that's been going through that situation. I I relate it to my own experience. I was diagnosed with cancer about six years ago. And the worst part of it was not the treatment. The worst part of it was not moving forward and getting through it. The worst part of it was not knowing, right? There was about a four-month period there from when a doctor told me, hey, you might have a problem, to a doctor saying, okay, here's what you have. Here's the cancer you have, and here's the treatment you need to go through to solve this problem. Those four months were the worst. They were the scariest part. And I would argue that the last couple months have been that for the market. And so this week, we got our diagnosis, The Fed prescribed its course of treatment, and that takes a lot of weight, I think, off of people and off of the market, so that now we can get back and start focusing on, okay, knowing that this is the rules of the game, how are we going to play within that? Now, the Fed also did something else. They did not just give us the medicine. You know, there's an old song, a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down, and we saw that. With Powell's comments, with the releases from the Fed this week, we did start to see a spoonful of sugar from them as well to go with the interest rate hikes. I mean, if you look at their press release, the first two sentences of their press release started like this. Indicators of economic activity and employment have continued to strengthen. Job gains have been strong in recent months, and the unemployment rate has declined substantially. Those are the three most important things they wanted to throw out there at the beginning of the press release. But it also continued when Fed Chairman Powell spoke after the release. He talked about the supply and demand issues around labor. He admitted that they're misaligned, but he also said he did not see a, quote, wage price spiral coming. This is important that, you know, if if wages continue to get more and more out of control, that's going to continue to drive inflation. That confirms the wage growth data that we talked about and we saw in February. They set their outlook for inflation at 4.3% this year. That's high. It's certainly not great. But 4.3 compared to, you know, the numbers we've been seeing for the last couple months would tell you that the Fed has expectations of a significant reversal. In the trends on inflation. I think that's really positive. And more importantly, the Fed expects rates to drop back down towards that 2% target in the next two years, basically. He was also quoted on recessionary, recessionary risks. I think this is the one that I hear a lot from clients. You know, well, yeah, this is all well and good, but are we driving into the next recession? And we, in terms of the things that we watch on recessionary risk, think that that is a fairly low likelihood. But Powell specifically said this quote, The probability of a recession within the next year is not particularly elevated. Aggregate demand is currently strong, and most forecasters expect it to remain so. All signs are that this is a strong economy. That's good news. That's the spoonful of sugar, right? So now we begin the process of threading the needle. If the Fed raises rates too fast, that could cause the economy to stall out. If you know he does things too slowly or they do things too slowly, now all of a sudden you run the risk of inflation running amok. And that's going to be a difficult thing for them to do. They will not do it perfectly. No one has ever stuck that land. But now we have some guidance. You know, it's it's a difficult position for investors to be in, but it's clear from Powell's remarks that now is not the time to panic. It is instead a time to be really thoughtful and measured in our approach to portfolio construction. This is not a time to be taking wild and crazy risks, but it is also not a time to walk away from the market. You know, last year, it was pretty easy to make a buck in the market. I didn't take a particular talent set. These are the years where guys like us, guys like Insight Wealth Group, are going to have to earn our keep. And we're pretty excited about that. These are the fun years to do our business. So the opportunities are still out there. We know what's happening. And now we've got to continually adjust and make sure that we're in a position to uh, succeed based off of this information we have. So with that, we'll wrap it up for this week. I would remind you as I do every week, if you'd like to see more on this, see some of the data that we are talking about, you can always get it on our website at www.insightwealthgroup.com. Or feel free to give us a call at the office 515 273 five one five two seven three thirteen thirty three. We hope you're well, and we look forward to chatting with you again soon. Thanks so much. Bye. Securities offered through Arate Wealth Management LLC, member FINRA, SIPC, NFA. Investment advisory services offered through Arate Wealth Advisors LLC, an SEC registered investment firm.